The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, hosted by Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Dr. Relly Nadler. I'm Allison Childs with the Center for Creative Leadership. Kathy and Relly have helped thousands of people like you become better performers, managers, and leaders with their unique approaches to coaching. Dr. Relly Nadler is a master level certified executive coach with the International Coaching Federation. A psychologist, corporate leadership, and team trainer, Dr. Nadler brings his expertise and emotional intelligence to all his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and training. Dr. Nadler's Leaders Playbook provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers. For more information and free tools by Relly Nadler, go to www.truenorthleadership.com. New York Times bestselling author Kathy Greenberg wins hearts and minds around the world with her internationally acclaimed books on the new science of happiness, including what happy companies know and what happy working mothers know. Kathy is available for a variety of consulting and coaching programs where you can learn to apply her unique happiness equals profit business formula. For more on Kathy's coaching, tools, consulting, and keynote speaking, go to www.h2cleadership.com or www.whathappyworkingmothersknow.com for free tips and downloads. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Rowan Nadler. We have Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my esteemed co-host on the line. She'll be with us just in a moment. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. We always have interesting guests that come from uh, you know, a variety of the leadership field, uh, coaching field, authors, um, people dealing with trends, uh, neuroscience. And today we have Joyce Odidison, and she is a conflict analyst or a strategist, speaker, author, and coach. And she has done extensive work, research, and writing on interpersonal wellness for life success. She is also a uh, professional certified coach with the International Coaching Certification. She's president and CEO of Interpersonal Wellness Services and has been a consultant for the last 15 years. She specializes in organizational, leadership, and people development. So all this is right up the Kathy R. Alley as far as uh, things we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And Joyce is a mentor coach and a trainer through interpersonal wellness. Um, Joyce brings a diverse perspective to her work with experience as a former instructor of both conflict management and sociology at the university and college levels. She is a trained mediator and an interest-based negotiator. We'll ask her a little bit more about what, what that means. She's the author uh, of the book, Get Ready for Mediation, and... Uh, 
also interpersonal wellness system, a coaching toolkit to be released. Uh, this we'll find out what it's with. I think it's just recently released. She is the developer of the interpersonal wellness system model and the IWC coach program and the interpersonal wellness quotient. So we'll also get some information about um, how do you actually measure your interpersonal wellness. And you know, Kathy and I, we always want to bring you the best in evidence-based leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and provide evidence-based best practice to you and for you to help you better develop yourself and to develop your team. And Kathy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Riley. It's uh, it's going to be a terrific conversation here with Joyce Odidison, and I want to make sure that everybody understands who's listening that we're really focused on leadership and leadership development in each and every one of our shows because we know that leaders are the heartbeat of any organization, but most leaders will underestimate how they perform and as a result impact their teams as well. But doing just a few things differently will really improve your performance and that of your organization. And in each and every show, we try to bring you real, live kind of things that you can do right away as soon as you hear them or as soon as you leave the show to make yourself a better leader and those around you as well. We talk about how to develop more leaders in your organization and how to use emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies to be your best. We try to teach a little bit about what happy companies know about performance and, of course, brain and neuroscience contributions to what we believe are top performers in today's world and in the future. We love to emphasize the work-life balance practices that you need to be your best strategies for managing yourself and your boss, and certainly something about gender and generation differences, which will help all professionals be better. So without further ado, Relly, if you'd like to talk a little bit about perhaps the scientific background of leadership, that'd be great. Well, thanks, Kathy. And as our listeners know, there's a, a lot of research about what's the difference between someone who is a top performer or a star performer, someone who exceeds expectations, and someone who meets expectations or maybe who is effective versus highly effective. And one of the keys to moving into that top 10% is emotional intelligence. And when you compare that to how smart someone is and also compare that with just you know their um, technical expertise. And we know this 10% is a tipping point of sorts that when you can get someone into the top 10%, they're twice as productive to the bottom line as someone in the 89th percentile and below. So think about that. Is that you? Is that someone on your team? Um, that's the goal. And like Kathy said, if you can take a few of these tips and help yourself or help others move into that top 10%, that would really be the, the key. The other key thing we like to talk about is that emotions are contagious. And you, the leader, are the most contagious person on the team. So whatever you may be feeling, your moods um, get easily uh, influenced onto others. And so one of the goals, then, is to be in charge of your emotions um, and know how to portray them in a really constructive way because you are the thermostat for the team. We also know that when you add coaching, and Joyce is a coach, as Kathy and myself, if you have training and coaching, you get a a uh, big bang for the buck. If you have training alone, a lot of the research says you can have about a 22% increase in productivity. But if you have training uh, and then you add on to that coaching where you can internalize it, personalize the uh, material, the research is showing that it's about an 88% uh, 
increase in productivity. So 22% to 88% if you can bring on the uh, coaching aspects. And both Kathy and I are available um, with, with the Excel Institute that we actually bring coaching into organizations and help you set up a coaching organization for your leaders. Often that can happen in just a day. So for more information from Kathy, Dr. Kathy Breenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership for her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching services. If you want more information about me and my new book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, there's some free assessments and there's some bonuses that are on the website, www.truenorthleadership.com for the emotional intelligence books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching boot camps. So, Joyce, welcome to the show. Hello, and good morning. And good morning, good afternoon. Is, now, is it Odidison? Is that how you say your last name? It is Odidison. It is Odidison, okay. Well, let me just say a couple more things uh, about you, and then we're going to uh, ask you some questions. It's, it sounds like, in addition to what we've already said, <clears throat> that you serve organizations and individuals and groups, um, to help maximize and realize their success with improved relationships at work, at home, and groups, and that you've also helped clients negotiate difficult workplace conflicts, creative collaborative working groups, mediate highly tense disputes, and improve workplace wellness. Uh, You also have designed conflict management systems and management coaching, anti-harassment, and respectful workplace programs for colleges and organizations. And you are uh, an engaging, creative, and innovative individual with a contagious passion for life, which we'll hear in just a second, for helping people develop and maintain great relationships to optimize their relationships. And I wanted to give your website, and we'll also give it a few times during the show, is www.interpersonalwellness.com. So maybe, Joyce, you can tell us a little bit about your background and and you know how you came to this this world of dealing in conflicts, and then it sounds like shifting more towards interpersonal wellness. Mm. Well, really, to be um, honest, I've always uh, looked at uh, conflict as a catalyst for change. It's always. Um, been an opportunity to look at what is the conflict telling us and what can we learn from it. And the question is why we, as a conflict analyst, I'm always looking at what what is the cause of the conflict and how can we better learn of, about the dynamics of the group or the individual um, reality and what can that tell us about why this person is in conflict, these individuals are in conflict, or this organization is experiencing conflict, what are the structures in place that are sustaining that conflict, and so forth. So those are some of the the things that have always intrigued me. And as I said, as a mediator and uh, a conflict analyst, the the calls are always about focusing on the conflict. And uh, I brought in coaching as one of the tools I use to help my clients to find more sustainable results. And over time, I hear comments like, we need more effective communication and we need to help um, our employees uh, get over the interpersonal conflict. And and I've really started focusing on what is interpersonal wellness, and that has actually evolved uh, in the last um, 
Denke to become um, the focus of my work is creating, uh, designing, developing, and maintaining interpersonal wellness uh, for individuals, groups, and workplaces, and especially with leaders, as, as is the focus of your program. It's a very important uh, role leadership and those in leadership hold. And often leaders are looking outside themselves and they're focused on the trends, the growth, the task. And seldom do they stop and take a look at themselves and see how am I contributing to the wellness of the relationships within the organizations. And so often I would go in to design a system or uh, provide training or respond to a conflict and had to go back to the leaders and say, well, it came to my attention that you may need to do some changes in this particular area and, and look at these uh, interactions and your language and your communication and your uh, the way you express yourself with your employees and, and the comments you make and that whole interpersonal dynamic. And often they're surprised and uh, some are more resistant than others. But usually when they take it at face value and, and really apply themselves, they get excellent results that are sustainable. Joyce, I'm curious, how, how have you become the successful person that you are? Who, who's influenced you in your success? You know, that's a really good question. I've, uh, I've always looked at, uh, at that, and that question, and I've always looked at successful people in my life, and I've, I've done a lot of reading. I've been an avid reader all my life. So um, to give credit to any one particular um, leader would be unfair because I've read very widely as a child, as a youth. I've, I've always read. And every book has been such an amazing learning tool. And I think one of the books that made the greatest impression on my life was uh, the Norman Vincent Peale books and uh, you mm. know, The Power of Positive Thinking. And I think that book has has been really uh, instrumental in in the foundation of my you know my mind and my life as as I was growing up as a as a young adult and in, in moving into adulthood and it's also helped me to set some of the foundational principles of my life and probably my frame of reference I would say um, as as I as I look back on my life. Outstanding. So um, one of the things, Joyce, this is a new term for me. I, I've never heard of co- <clears throat> conflict analysts, and then I'm looking basically at your bio here. So there is a master's degree in conflict analysis and management. Yes. Yeah. So maybe. So what is? Maybe just say a little bit. What is a conflict analyst, and 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 the whole study of conflict analysis? Um, if you got a master's in that, so that's a. It's got to be a a huge subject field. I I'm certainly know about conflict management and conflict negotiation, but I had never really heard of conflict analysis. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there, there are different, with every discipline, there are different angles with it, with which one would, would look at it. And the conflict resolutionist would come in and, and look at the resolution and, and the options. But the conflict analysts are, are more focused on identifying root causes, identifying and analyzing the problem and uh, looking at more of an analysis. And from that, um, the foundation then is to move into more of a solution-focused um, approach to conflict. So, so that has been, and I think it's more of a social psychology approach to uh, to conflict management, rather. So, so yes, it's, you're actually looking at the root of the conflict, and then the reactions or the potential reactions that one can take. 
Absolutely. And and I don't even use the word reaction, more of uh, potential options. Like uh, and we look at conflict, uh, and when we look at it, we look at, you know, what are, what are the appropriate options for this conflict? Because every conflict is going to be so different in, in nature and dynamics and the structures that, that sustain in this conflict. And often... Um, when we go into a conflict situation, what's really important to, to remember and something that the conflict analysts will do more of is, is to remember that when you go into the conflict, you change the dynamics. And, and also, there is a structure within that organization that will sustain that conflict. So you may see uh, two individuals in conflict in five or six different organizations, but the way the conflict unfolds and is manifested will be uh, determined by the structures within that organization that's sustaining the conflict, and, and it will look differently, um, not necessarily be a different con- you know, conflict in terms of root cause, but the structures will tell us also, and that's where the analysis comes in again, what's sustaining this conflict, and, and how do we address these structures, and, and what are the appropriate solutions for that. Yeah, I'm just just curious because um, first I'm kind of a curious sort. Um, but what's like? What were some of the the courses you had in your masters that that would make <laughs> up this conflict analysis? Just some. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's been a while. I can't even remember. But I um, certainly looking at. I think one of the the pieces that. Uh, is foundational to the course. Like I can't remember the actual name yeah. of all the courses, but uh, the the master's program is is looking at uh, different aspects of conflict, uh, but phenomenally looking at the other looking at how we respond to conflict, how we see um, conflict in a social setting, social um, yeah. setting as, as, and as individuals, our own response and that whole identity uh, conflict is part of it. And, um, okay, let me uh, ask you, this, and this is just my own take on this, Trace. Mm-hmm. When I'm doing a coaching, uh, as you and Kathy do, it, I, I would typically say that, that about 75% of people that I've come in contact with, again, this is not research-based, but want to avoid conflict. Then <laughs> 25% love it, and it doesn't. they don't feel like it's conflict. I mean, it's like, oh, this is intellectual sparring. I've seen this in meetings. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're just, you know, we're intellectually sparring, and, you mm-hmm. know, come join us. And everybody else is like, uh, I don't think so. This feels uncomfortable <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. Speaking oh, of conflict, you know, before you get into the answer and response to that, mm-hmm. I don't want to be in conflict, so we're going to do this. We will be deviate, will we? Exactly. <laughs> so we'll be right back with more on conflict analysis. And this is Leadership Development News, so don't go away. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power 
and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Joyce Odidison. And Joyce, before the break, you were going to, um, you know, I was saying about just this avoidance of conflict. Have you found, you know, this kind of rough uh, ballpark figure, 75% of people avoid conflict, where, you know, some people, 25% love it, they don't even see it as conflict. Any, any thoughts or reactions to that? Well, that's an interesting question. There's a difference between conflict and disputes. And uh, many times people have uh, disputes. And disputes are really, um, would, would, could be defined by disagreement, uh, things that come up that, you know, we don't agree on and we just, um, we spar over it. We have an argument or we may have difference of opinions. And, and that's, uh, that's okay. You know, as, as I said earlier, conflict is a healthy part of life and it's, it's very, it's a catalyst for change. Without conflict, I think we would have such boring lives, I would probably all die of boredom. However, <laughs> um, when, when you see 75% of people try to avoid conflict, it is uh, a high percentage of individuals see conflict as something that is abnormal and, um, and something that should be um, absolutely avoid at all costs. And, and that is so sad because it really is an opportunity for us to ask those deeper level questions as to what should I learn from this encounter and how should I um, grow from this? So that 75% of people who avoid conflict are uh, probably need to come back and ask themselves those underlying questions. What am I afraid of? What, what are my concerns? What, what, uh, what could be the worst thing that could happen in, in this dialogue and in this exchange? It may not feel comfortable at this time, but um, you know, is it okay to step out of my comfort zone for a little bit? Of course, that's how we stretch and grow. And, and as a coach, that's how we, we encourage our clients to expand. So um, I think it's, uh, it's a reality that most people haven't been socialized to see conflict as a healthy um, part of life. But hopefully we can change that with our work as we impact the world with interpersonal wellness. Well, I, I could not agree with you more. And uh, with a focus on seeing that breakdowns can lead to breakthroughs mm-hmm. and creating people to really understand where you're coming from. So, Joyce, when we talk about um, conflict analysis, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that, as you point out in your interpersonal wellness programs, understanding that breakdowns lead to breakthroughs um, can be a positive and understanding perhaps comfortable conflict, meaning if you say what you're afraid of up front, like I'm afraid if this continues, this will happen, 
and the other person clarifies for you that that's not the intention. It's to, uh, to, to clear up or to discover or to improve. The limits of that boundary around conflict could possibly go away. Absolutely. It, it is, uh, and, and I've seen it many, many times, and that's why I really love the the word interpersonal wellness and, and, and the combination of words. And when you asked early, and I think Crowley had asked, you know, how did you come into that? And, and after many years of responding to conflicts and, and having so many of those negative responses to conflict, I wanted to introduce a term that was much more receptive, a term that was... Uh, embracing and one that invites people to uh, be part of creating, to become co-creators. And that is part of having those coaching conversations. That's part of having those um, those disputes and, and learning from the conflicts and, and that reflection to ask yourself, what what do I need to learn here? What might I need to change in this situation? Because the goal at the end of the day is to achieve interpersonal wellness. And that means us being able to be in conflict and to be able to resolve those conflicts in a satisfactory way. So tell me um, and our audience, what is the interpersonal wellness quotient? Well, interestingly, when I worked on the interpersonal wellness system model years ago, I was looking for a tool to help my clients to see themselves as a system of interconnected parts, that they contribute to the situations that's in their life and in in their workplace. And often they will say, you know, if only that person would behave themselves or stop doing X, Y, Z, everything would be okay. I wouldn't have to do that, and I would not have done that, and I would not be in trouble. And it was a way to get them back to look at all eight dimensions of their life and start to connect and not see themselves as isolated parts of the workplace and that their actions can do nothing to contribute, but to really come back and see themselves as a contributing party. And so the interpersonal wellness quotient allows an individual to measure their capacity to contribute to the wellness of the interpersonal relationships. Can you talk about these dimensions? Absolutely. And, you know, for anyone who would go to my website, it's, it's right there on the homepage. We look at the spiritual dimension. We look at the social dimension, emotional dimension, occupational dimension, intellectual dimension, environmental dimension, financial dimension, and physical dimensions. And why we're so comprehensive, Kathy, is that the the idea of going to work and leaving your troubles at home is really such a dumb idea. I don't know who ever <laughs> thought that that was possible. <laughs> yeah. Leave this piece of your heart and your brain here. Absolutely. Get in your car or get in the train <laughs> and go to here. Yeah. Absolutely. It does not happen. When you hire someone into your organization, you hire in every dimension of their life. And as an, as an organization, you, it's very important for leaders to understand that they need to su- have structures in place that can support their employees to maintain their wellness in all of these areas. Because you know what? As a system, when one area breaks down, guess what happens? It draws on the strength of the others. And over time, what we have is everything come crashing down. So it's very, very important that uh, they see the employees as a system of interrelated parts 
and that all those dimensions of their life are very important because it's going to contribute. If you have an employee who is well balanced in their spiritual area, they've got they're in touch with their core values and they live in according to that uh, those values, and they are they have a healthy intellectual dimension. They're able to do critical thinking and in problem solving and knowledge management. Well, guess what? Um, they're better able and better equipped to contribute to the occupational, to, to have healthy occupational reality, vice versa. If you have an employee who is doing well in those areas but things are really rough at work, it's going to be a matter of time before uh, that person starts having problems in the emotional and social dimension and probably financial and physical and, and every part affects the other. And so when we encourage our employees to see themselves as a part of a system and not an individual, uh, not a a part that's separate, we we find ourselves with a better, um, more holistic perspective of the workplace and and individuals and organizations working together. Now that brings me to another question. There are so many assessment tools um, Mm -hmm. on the market for the workplace and more mm-hmm. every day, it seems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why should a leader uh, use the Interpersonal Wellness Quotient or IWQ and what differentiates it? And can you give an example of where you've used it and it's had a huge impact? Absolutely. And, and I think that's very, very important and a and really great question because Unlike the other assessment tools that typify an individual in say, you know, you are you're an A or B or your um, your strength is in this area and your strength is in that area, we don't do that with the IWQ. We're very simple and straightforward. We're looking at your capacity to contribute to wellness. So what we're helping you to do is measure your wellness in each dimension. For instance, if you are measuring at out of a from a scale of one to ten, which is your maximum on each dimension, if you're only measuring at a two, um, hello, you can't give ten to work. It's impossible to give what you don't have, and this is just a reality check. What it this does, it really is. You know, everybody has navigation guide right now. You go to your, you're going to your car. You, you're going downtown. You don't know the address. You pump it into, you know, plug it into your GPS, and. Well, that's what it is. That's what the IWQ is. It's really helping you to identify where you are right now, your capacity for wellness right now in your relationship. And we're reminding you that this can change. It doesn't mean that it's going to be the same 10 years from now or it's going to be the same tomorrow. Um, If you don't do anything about it, yes, it will remain the same. But the question and the coaching question that comes with that, so what do you want to change about your capacity to contribute well? um, wellness to your relationships. It's really a a, a place to assess where you are right now and what you want to do to improve. So it's not a a typology test where we're going to say you are this and you're that for the rest of your life. And, you you know, no, we're not into that. We're very straightforward. Where are you now? What are you measuring and what are you giving? What would you like to give more of? And then what do you need to do in order for you to be able to top up your wellness in this area so you can be able to give more to your your relationships at work or at home and in life? Now, as, um, as 
you were just talking, I was looking for the example. Can you give me an example of where you've worked with somebody who's really made a difference? Yes. Uh, what we do from time to time is that we are sent the individuals from the workplace who are who have been to therapy and they've been to counseling and they've been through it. They've been to all the trainings and hmm, they're not having the same results at work as, as the employers would like them to have. And these individuals will come and work with us. On, and first thing we will do is help them to connect and see themselves as a system. So when we start working with them, with the interpersonal wellness quotient and the model, we help them to identify different areas in their life, different dimensions, where you are in, in this area, where you're measuring at, how well are you in this area, what do you need to give more of. And what we've seen interestingly, Kathy, is that those individuals who've been so detached and disconnected from work, so isolated, are now starting to see themselves and recognizing um, that whole aspect of the ability to contribute. So they, they don't, they no longer are sitting back and telling me that, oh, you know, if my boss would be less bitchy, I would be okay. They're actually, we're asking, so tell me, based on what we're seeing here, how are you contributing to the wellness of your relationship with your supervisor or your colleague? And, and they're actually finding for themselves some truth that they've never really sat down and done before. And we use other typology tests. We do, absolutely. Um, in addition to this, we use this test. And what we find time and time again is that this little instrument help them to connect with themselves. And we talk about social vibration, which is a big part of the, the concept of the interpersonal wellness systems model is that if you don't have that wellness to give, you, can, you become uh, more of a liability to your group, to your life, to your workplace, because what you're doing, you're sucking the wellness away from others. You're taking all their positive energy because you have none to give. And so we're encouraging them to see themselves as one who can actually be more, be more of an interdependent relationship where they can actually contribute to the wellness rather than take away from the wellness and, and bring more positive energy. And um, we have calls sometimes and they would say, what are you doing down there? What do you do with them? Uh, we're not doing magic. We're really just having a conversation about where they're at and what they're doing in their lives so that they can contribute. Because these are individuals who see themselves as victims. Right. And we're, we've I just, just not removed that victim mentality. Yeah, exactly. And what I was going to say is, what do you think are some of the key factors in helping people move from a place of sucking the living daylights out of everybody around them to becoming neutral and then becoming a positive contributor? Well, awareness. Because if I walk, around with my head in the sand, blaming everyone and, and continually believing that it's not my fault, then there is no responsibility to take action to change the situation because I'm a victim. Mm -hmm. But this simple conversation with the tool and, and with a coach uh, inspires a, a huge amount of awareness and, and then a response, well, well, I didn't know. It's, it's interesting. We, had, um, we got invited to work with uh, a group of uh, women in second-stage housing, and, and I remember one of the participants said, well, for the first time, I realized why my life is the way it is. I always thought that things were just happening to me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was such a revelation for her, and I, that was just, it was so humbling. To, to be there and witness that, that she had actually, for the first time in her life of 
being in dysfunctional and addictive, you know, behavior and relationship, had now seen herself as a contributor, as someone who create, who as a creator of her reality, and she now had to do something about it. So that those are some of the interesting examples that we see working with this tool on a daily basis. Now, who? Um you know, who should read your book is going to be my next question, but I want to take a quick break. Mm-hmm. I'll let you think about that. And while you're thinking about that, we're going to share some information with our audience. So come right back, everyone. We're talking to Joyce Odidison about interpersonal wellness. And um, we have some more exciting information to share with you, so don't go away. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a delightful conversation with Joyce Odidison, who is the founder of Interpersonal Wellness, Inc., and you can find more about Joyce and her company at www.interpersonalwellness.com. And we were talking about the eight dimensions of uh, the interpersonal wellness quotient. Uh, Joyce, you talked a lot about the examples of being a complete person and understanding how to contribute. And when we left for break, I asked, who are the, the people you recommend read this book as an important strategy for your team, your group, your organization, or for home or life? Mm. Well, thanks, Kathy. Uh, the book is called Interpersonal Wellness Systems, 
and it actually is a coaching toolkit. And the intent of this book is to grab the reader who wants to improve his wellness on all of the eight dimensions, his or her wellness on each of those eight dimensions. Many of us from time to time are uh, getting to a funk in our relationship where we start looking externally. We look at the other person as the problem or as the, um, the oh, reason I don't do why that. things no, are. I don't think I've ever done that. <laughs> the reason why things are. Of course, we're all saints. We don't do that. But many people who are our clients do that. And so, uh, you know, it's very interesting because I, I was saying to someone the other day, I had this uh, huge, you know, issue here with uh, a contractor I had hired. And... Um, I was very concerned with the way things were going, and I pulled out my IWQ and went and did, you know, my measurement and was seeing what was happening, and, you know, when it came to that spiritual dimension, which I pride myself, I take good care, but you know what, that area of trust, I did not trust that bloke. I did not trust him because he had done things that was not um, what I had expected, and he had demonstrated an inability for me to trust him. And there was I trying to maintain, sometimes we put far too much in ourselves, there was I trying to maintain this uh, healthy professional relationship with someone who didn't have the capacity to be in such a relationship. And I had to come back and say, Joyce, what are you doing? You were telling people that they should have the capacity to contribute to the relationship. Shouldn't you be also looking at the people you align yourself with, the people you work with in your company, to ensure that they have the capacity to contribute to the kind of working relationship you want? And that was, it was such a revelation for me. Because I'm I'm all about helping my clients, me, mine, doing my own, and it's also about who we invite into our life, into our relationships, into our organizations. The same for, for a leader who is going to be hiring an employee. I would not hire anyone if they didn't do the IWQ. Because for me, I want you to start seeing that you can bring your baggage into the workplace. And I want you to know that it is your responsibility to clean it up. If you don't like the numbers, what are you going to do about it? Because that's your responsibility. We are all co-creators of the workplace reality of our interpersonal relationships on all levels. And until we step out and take a responsibility for our parts in it, then we're going to be in conflict consistently. And so the reader would be an employee you're hiring, a new employee, uh, an employee in the workplace who, who's having challenges, yourself if you're in a conflict situation and you need to measure what it's doing to you and how it's draining your own wellness and what you need to work on, uh, an individual who may be approaching a huge project or a huge uh, move in their life or transition and not quite sure how they're doing on all these dimensions, will want to pick up the copy of the book and measure the IWQ and start looking at where they need to start uh, doing some work in order to sustain themselves. Because what we're seeing, Kathy, is a lot of burnout, a lot of stress leave, a lot of people away from work and chronic pain. And all of these are because we are... Um, putting on a lot on ourselves without that awareness of how much we're able to contribute and how much we're able to give. And so we're giving more than we have the capacity to. And our society is is that go, 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 let's go, let's go next. And we sometimes forget to step back and say, okay, what can I give? And is it reasonable to ask myself to give this much right now? 
And so that's an invitation to, to anyone in, in those kinds of situations to step back and say, you know what, let me take some time and, and listen to what what's happening in my life and, and what I need to do to balance things out so that I can be in the driver's seat of my life. I love that. Now tell us a little bit about this declaring armistice day at work. <laughs> well, you know, it's very interesting. I, I was doing some work uh, with a coach, and, and we came up with this term, armistice. And, and, and um, all of us know of Remembrance Day, Remembrance Day, November 11th. And armistice really is the term that was used for the first ever Remembrance Day, November 11th, in 1918. And that was a time when the world was sick of war, sick of conflict, sick of fighting. And people just wanted peace. And this armistice was designed as a day that we were going to remember as, as, as a human race forever and ever as that day that we declare peace. And so I have actually <laughs> developed this speech called Declaring Armistice Day at Work. Because from where I sit as a conflict analyst, I see a lot of people who go to work and don't return. I see a lot of people who leave work as wounded and as psychologically damaged as those who come away from war. And so I'm really, I'm really galvanized to declare Amistice Day at work. And I think we need to set a day aside for each workplace. And the workplaces that I'm working with on this, I've invited them to set one day aside that they declare Amistice Day, and the process is to design what we call an interpersonal wellness system within the organization that looks at all dimensions and look at the organization structurally and say, what can we put in place to help our employees to manage and, and maintain their wellness in all of these eight dimensions? And it's very fascinating and interesting and enjoyable, fun work. And um, the whole Amistice Day speech and that I that I present, we do a declaration for all the employees, and everybody get to declare what they're going to, you know, how they're going to enact from now on, as to how they're going to engage in creating a peaceful workplace. And um, it's fun and, and engaging and exciting, and, um, and that's what it should be about. It's about interpersonal wellness. It's about us recognizing how we contribute to each other's wellness. Because if I come in here uh, to the workplace and I've got all these things happening to me, I have nothing good to offer. So when you call me up and, and you know, something is happening or a client comes in uh, with an issue or the phone rings too loud, or, of course I'm going to explode because I have, I don't, I'm, I'm hanging on. <laughs> I barely have anything to offer. So when we, when we think of Amistice Day uh, for an organization, we're really thinking about setting aside a day and declaring the beginning of peace at work and end of those conflicts that lead into, uh, you know, people being killed at work. You have to worry about somebody coming in and shooting you up at work. Well, this is not a battlefield. It shouldn't be, but it is. So that's that's what I'm doing with Amistice Day. Well, that's amazing, and I think there are a lot of people who could, you know, definitely relate to that, leaving work, feeling like, you know, there's that book, Who Moved My Cheese? It's more like, mm-hmm. how did I become Swiss cheese? You know, mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> how did I how did I get into this position? And you know, managing a successful career or running a business can be a very challenging job for anybody. Mm-hmm. And if you have to think of everyone else's needs before you can deal with your own, um, not to mention 
you know, as you say, looking at competition in the marketplace and keeping up and, uh, you know, trying to do your best to, to stay afloat, especially in a very challenging environment, those constant pressures on your time and your emotional well-being mm-hmm. are the personal resources that you have to use at your discretion. And if somebody else is eating them up on a daily basis, there's not much left. And yeah, I, I resonate with that not only um, as somebody who works in corporate America, but uh, you know, in the book uh, that we wrote, What Happy Working Mothers Know, we talk often about the, the need for people to deal with the energy um, I want to say vacancy um, that they get in their corporate environments because it's just dangerous. And it's great that people can contact you and look at uh, what are the real challenges of interpersonal wellness. So tell me about how somebody finds you, um, perhaps uh, applies your, your strategy. How do they do that? Is it with your help? Do they do it from the book? What, how does all that work? Well, it's a combination of ways. Um, I'm, I'm a speaker, a author, a coach, and consultant, so I do a varied um, amount of work with my clients. I could go in as a as to offer the speech, and I've, I've, they've had been some corporations. They just wanted me to come in and, and provide the speech for their organization, and they take it from there, and then they're the ones who say, we want you to do it to be part of it all. And uh, people can contact me from my website, and uh, we also have a toll-free number on the website, 877-999-9591. And say that a little slower. Oh, 877-999-9591. Uh-huh. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, the book is available on Amazon.com. Uh, we're also, uh, we also have it on our website. We have a number of different packages. We have improving your IWQ package. So someone who, who says, you know what, I want to assess my IWQ. I want to uh, make sure I'm at my full capacity. They can go on and buy a package and work with our coaches. Uh, we also have a program to work with coaches who um, already established in their own work, and they, they just want to be able to implement the quotient and the tool uh, and the concept into their work. And uh, we have a, a, tele, tele, a webinar program that they can come on and, and get their, uh, their training and licensing and on the way. And so we have very many areas that we do. We have coach training program here already, all, all designed here for the, over the last two and a half years right here in Winnipeg. And we do uh, interpersonal wellness coach training for those individuals who most of them are in organizations and they're saying, I want to implement more of that into my workplace because we really we really resonate with the whole area of uh, interpersonal wellness. So we're doing the interpersonal wellness coaching within that framework and training. So it's been very exciting and, as I said, just an amazing time to be in this uh, field and to be able to learn and grow and connect with other coaches. It's been lovely. Well, it's been a terrific opportunity to have you here and to learn about the motivating and inspiring coaching relationships and the work that you're that you're up to. And um, I think what you're doing is really essential to all professional people to reduce their stress and improve their wellness and help them attain their goals, both personally and professionally. But I think what's most important, which we have a lot in common on is this whole interpersonal wellness and the importance it has in our success and overall life effectiveness. So thank you, Joyce, for coming to visit with us. And for those of you who want to contact Joyce, you can reach her at www.interpersonalwellness.com or 877-999-9591 for more information on her products and services. Thanks so much. 
We'll uh, be meeting with you again very soon on the air. And for those of you who are regular listeners, stay tuned. Next week, we have more great guests. So join us soon. Take good care. Thanks, Joyce. We appreciate you being with us. Bye. Thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 